Raider fans, the season's almost here. Are you excited? Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you This is the premier Raider Nation podcast. All Raider talk, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Dedicated to all Raider fans who need their football fix, day or night. Stay on top of what's happening with your Raiders and the NFL. We're uncensored. We are unapologetic. Join us now. Good evening, Raider Nation. This is the Raider Nation Podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg, with another great show for you Raider fans that are misplaced all across the country and around the world. I want to tell you my spirits are a little bit lifted. We have things going on that are positive all around the world and continue to be so. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to give some shouts out to my good buddy, Harvey Robinson of the Berkeley Fire Department. Uh, this is somebody who calls me and critiques my shows, helps me to find out how I'm doing or how I'm not doing. Uh, hats off to him for being a great listener, and I just want to put a shout-out to him just for being a good friend as well. And here's a special shout-out to all those fans of Oakland who are traveling to New England. I have a special shout-out and thumbs-up and everything positive to all of you who could afford to go, get tickets, hotels, put the money down to represent. Let me tell you, Raider fans, if I could, if I wasn't jacked up with my back, I would be sitting right next to you. Um, This is a fabulous game. It's going to be a tremendous victory, I foresee, for the Oakland Raiders. Not an easy one. However, I do see... A very strong possibility with the way the Raiders training camp has come and the evolution of the team. We have a golden opportunity to stick it to the New England Patriots at home um, in front of their home crowd. And the best thing about that is we're going to have a huge group of Oakland Raider fans there to seal the deal, to cheer for our team, to come up hard. And let them know that the Raiders, they're in the house. Okay, today's show, another thing. We got a dumbass of the week. Yes, we do. I found another one. I don't know how I did. Bob George. Wasn't hard to find Bob. I'll tell you why he's a dumbass of the week. Billichek speaks of Raiders. Uh, New England's loves Brady. I got to tell you some of the things that I've been reading in the New England papers about golden boy Tom Brady. Uh, We're going to talk a brief bit about the Saints game. Uh, You know, hard victory to cake under the circumstances, uh, without a doubt. Uh, Let's see, Raiders dropped their roster now to 53. Who left? And so some prizes in there. Uh, Jake Grove and Woodson talk about the Pats game 
and are very candid about that indeed. Once again, Raider fans, I want to remind you to visit our site, www.raidernationpodcast.com. It is always changing. It's always evolving. It's one of the top sites on the Raiders. I compare it to any site, including the Raider site. Uh, our site is moving and shaking with Randy, uh, my good buddy at the helm. I got pictures. I got all kinds of stuff going on. It's always changing, so please check it out. Also, I want to remind the Raiders fans to vote for me on Podcast Alley. I still have the little icon up there. I need your help. It's a new month. Get on out there and help me out. Currently, I am number one in sports. Your Oakland Raiders are number one above the Chiefs podcast, uh, Washington Redskins, all the way Vikings. You name the NFL team. They have a podcast. And you know who number one is? The Raider Nation podcast. We're number one because our fans are number one. We have over a million fans across the world. And that's from Al Davis himself. And that's why we get such, well, that's how come we should get the respect we should get. But you know what? The Raiders are the working man's team. That's all I say. I mean, it's the working man's team. It's a blue-collar team. It's for people who work hard, take their money, and go to the game. No pretentious. We don't got sushi at the Coliseum. It's not all that. You know what I'm talking about, Raider fans. Anybody who's gone to the game. We're talking about beer, hot dogs. It's football here, folks. Okay, let's see. Let's start out here with my ass dumbass of the week because I can get right into that. Bob, Bobby George. Bob George is a writer for the Boston Globe. He writes for the Globe. It's kind of funny. Um, his article reads, Final Cuts Made, Bring On the Raiders. Okay, and this is how he says it. The Raiders are going to be chapter one in a saga, bringing the bringing the New England, New England Patriots to yet another Super Bowl championship. So we're a stepping stone for good old Bobby boy. But here's something else he said. He talked about Lamont Jordan of the Colts. Oh, yes, that's, you heard me right. Lamont Jordan of the Colts, who had to follow behind Edron James. Um, Bobby... Hello? Are you a football fan, Bobby? Are you just a guy who writes occasionally for football and maybe some for soccer? Probably You're probably more of a soccer guy because you don't know jack about football. Because Lamont Jordan didn't come from the Colts geek. He came from the Jets. And not only that, he was behind the number one rushing back, Curtis Martin. Not Edron James. Get a clue, Bobby boy. You are a dumbass of the week. Total dumbass of the week. Okay, I'm done with Bobby. Bobby, you better look at what you're writing because you made yourself look like the ultimate geek, dumbass of the week, and deserve it. So next time you write an article, Bobby, Georgie, boy, make sure you get your right teams and the right players if you want to try to talk about anybody on the Oakland Raiders because Lamont Jordan definitely didn't come from the Colts. Um, he came from the Jets behind Curtis Barton, number one running back of the, of the year, actually. More, more rushing yards. Okay, so 
Okay, now Bill Belichick, I was listening to a little bit of Bill Belichick's. Um, I had to go to the Patriots side. I hate to do those things, but I, I do like to now and then. I, I listen to Bill Belichick, and he is constantly the, um, I, I call him the peacekeeper. He doesn't want to have any any reason for any teams to to want to have vengeance on his boys. So he doesn't want to upset anybody. So when he talks about the Raiders and Al Davis, he talks about Al Davis's philosophy and the tradition of the Raiders and how it's always been the same. Al Davis has always been the long ball guy. He talks about how Al Davis's team is always a larger, bigger, faster team. And this year is no exception. All the players on the Raiders, player for player, are larger and faster than the majority of the players in the NFL. This is what he's saying, including the punter and the kickers. So he also talks about knowing North Turner's history, and he goes about how Dallas, and he goes on through who, who North Turner coached for, um, and how they like the running game, and how he likes the long ball, and you know, I think that he's trying to build this philosophy up of he's he's reading the coaching and not so much the players. And, and you know, Bill Pelichek, just yesterday I was reading an article for the New England Patriots in a Boston paper about how Bill Belichick really wasn't very concerned about the Raiders because he is more concerned about cutting his roster. They lost 17 players on their roster, and they lost a couple of veterans, you know, and it was not like they, you know, said, we're sorry, you're gone. It was just, you're gone. Um, and, you know, it's hard to hold that we're a team concept when you're dropping people left and right that have been your key players for the last two seasons. So mm, I'm kind of thinking that their team playing concept is kind of taking a wash, and perhaps they're ready for a little toppling. Matter of fact, I would say that is probably the case. Along with this article, since I had to read more, good old Bobby Boy and his paper had a great little section here on Tom Brady, the golden child. Can you believe it? Tom Brady should eclipse Joe Montana's records, and Joe Montana should be looking up at Tom Brady's numbers for the rest of his life. Nine straight postseason wins. Nine straight postseason wins and three Super Bowls. Brady's trying to shed the golden boy image, but he feels good about his team. Now, talk about a bunch of double talk. You know what? He is a golden boy, and he better just wear it and deal with it. Because whether he doesn't like it or not, that's his image. Nobody made that for him. He made it for himself. Um, the comments he makes, you know, when he does interviews, this guy's a chump. Don't don't sit there and tell me, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining, Tom Brady. You love being the golden boy, so shut your pie hole and just dig it. Because after this game, you're going to be the black and blue boy. Because I hope Woodson comes along, strips the ball, and takes it away from you this time. And you can tuck your ass back into your ass because we're going to take it to you. I'm so pumped up about this game. I feel very strongly about this game. Now, the Raiders are going to a national stage. 
the first game of the season. We're going to the New England Patriots for the show-offs game of the season. It's always been, already been touted as the Oakland Raiders against the Lily White New England Patriots. And you notice that the media is very careful not to make it too much Oakland being the bad guys. Oakland Raiders, Randy Moss are trying to make a positive spin on the Raiders. But the undertone, I'm telling you, is loud and clear. Um, I will tell you this, that the Raiders throughout this preseason, the draft, all the way from the draft um, to their first series of preseason games, have shown a great deal of control in showing their plays, a great deal of patience in watching their players, and a new attitude, which I don't like to hear in the press, but something I'm saying because I notice it, because it's something that is blatantly obvious that was missing last two seasons. There is a new walk. There's a new swanker. There's a new attitude. And there's a new man in town, Randy Moss. Lamont Jordan is not to be toyed with. Our offensive line, brutal. And we haven't really had the defense on the field to do much of anything except rush the front four. And we've been putting pressure on the quarterback. I've been going over this over and over, Raider fans. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about here. Now, Corey Dillon is waiting to play. He can't wait to play the Raiders. He can't wait to to run off some early yards and start his career off against Oakland. That was his little comment. Tyrone Poole, who was a pretty good defensive back, has a bad knee. I just wanted you guys to, to know that. Hopefully that will help us out in this game. And they're all still pining about their team concept on the Patriots, how it's all about the team and it's not about individuals. Well, that only goes so far, Raider fans, especially when you start dropping veterans like they're hot potatoes and picking up new guys and leaving people behind. I just think that uh, it shows a lot. It shows a lot in the, the uh, mentality of the coach. Bill Belichick is not afraid to drop people. He's shown that in the past and blatantly obvious this year. Okay, who do we lose on the Raiders? <clears throat> There's a couple people that... You know, you probably wouldn't even know, but the people that I'm surprised about, Jay Foreman, linebacker, didn't make it. Jay, you had a chance to do it, and you just didn't put the energy into it. J.R. Nichols, running back. Well, we saw he wasn't going to make it because he wasn't quick enough to the hole. He's too small, and he got stopped right away. Jordan Hicks, defensive end, and Ricky Dugley, tight end. Go figure. Ricky tried again to make the Raiders and failed to do so. And no wonder, because they cut Teo Johnson. Why did they cut Teo Johnson? Teo Johnson seemed to me to be doing a pretty good job. Um, maybe there's some other issues with Teo that we don't know about, but nonetheless, Raider fans, Teo Johnson, uh, which has been kind of a cornerstone of that tight end position for the last couple years, he's gone. He's gone, so we're going to find out who's going to fill his spot. Um, 
and who's going to do the job? Because right now, those are the names I, I think are, are pretty pronounced as far as surprising. I'm surprised that we lost, not Nichols or Dudley. Jordan Hicks is pretty good. I'm surprised they dropped him. Jay Former is another one. We lost the linebacker. We really shouldn't do that. But Teo Johnson, like I said, he's a, he's a man who is no longer an Oakland Raider. All right, let's go into the Saints. Now, the Saints game, very lackluster game. Everybody's been pretty depressed about the whole Katrina thing, including myself. You can tell from my last podcast, and I still feel that way right now. I still feel uh, you can still donate. I have a, a donation site there right uh, from the Raider Nation podcast site. You can donate to the Red Cross. I've already said I've donated, and I just expect the Raider Nation to stand up and do the thing. I'm sure they will. They've done it in the past. Um, no contest, I believe, here in the preseason was less gratifying than winning the Saints. I can't imagine playing, um, knowing that your family and friend, friends are in um, disarray and and in panic and all that. So the victory wasn't much. You know, I didn't feel a victory. It wasn't a contest to be, to be uh, proud of. Uh, however... Some of the shining moments, which were pretty consistent through the preseason. Johnny Morant, where did he come from again? I'm going to tell you. This guy caught six passes for 161 yards. He He's on. I mean, I didn't expect him to even make the team when he started in the preseason. And here he is. He is a producing son of a gun. If he can continue this, we'll have a great, oh, we've got such a great receiving core. Johnny Morant, 161 passes. Andrew Walter, 13 of 20, 221 yards. Now, Andrew Walter, I I hesitate to say, but I'm going to say it. I think Andrew Walter should be number two above Tui. Um, Not necessarily because of Tui's lackluster performance in the preseason, but I just believe that because of his style of play, his pocket presence, which is incredible for a rookie, and the amount of strength that shows that he has in his arm. This man throws the ball, and it looks like he's just tossing a, a ball to a kid down the street. He threw a 45-yard pass and add 10 more because he was 10 yards behind this, this, the uh, line of scrimmage. And it looked like he was just tossing the ball across the street. This guy's got some talent. And the pocket presence is amazing. Uh, his ability to throw the ball away in, in dire situations. I am totally impressed and amazed that we picked this guy up out of the draft. Um, I am not afraid to say that he could end up to be our number one quarterback someday in the future. Barring injuries, um, he has the talent. He has the, the mentality and I know he hasn't been rushed on quite yet like he could be in the in the regular season. You know, those are time, those are tested things, but he has been he's been rushed on. I will say, watch out for Andrew Walter, because I do believe he will be number two, not number three. And that's not a slam on Tui. It's just the way the ball goes. Um the six foot six, two hundred and two pounder, or he's two hundred and thirty pounds. Six foot two, six foot six, two hundred thirty pound uh, quarterback 
has the long ball dialed. Um, he can throw the ball 40 yards in a two-step drop and it make it look like nothing. Um, so along with that, in the Saints game, I saw a tremendous potential. Moss caught a 27-yarder from Collins for a touchdown. You know, no big deal. Chris Carr. I told you my last podcast that Chris Carr was the man. He is going to be our running man. He's going to be the guy who takes the ball, the punt, and go right back for the touchdown, folks. Watch this guy. He's going to be on fire all season. I say minimum of four touchdown returns this year for Chris Carr. He's got it. He's got the eyes. He's got the ears. He's got the legs. He can do it. He went 100 yards for a TD on a kickoff. What can I say? I told you guys. Jordan, he's showing all the speed and moves that he had to. He's getting the ball. He's working the ball. He's had the carries. Now it's just time for him to open up a can of whoop-ass on Thursday night and show Corey Dillon what it's like to be a real champion because this guy is ready to set some records with the Raiders and I believe he's going to have every opportunity to do so. The defense with the Saints, like I said before, we have not shown very many rushing packages. Um, good thing Rob Ryan's holding those things in. He's holding a lot of plays in from the defensive side. Just basic defense. And with our just basic defense front four, we're getting enough pressure on these quarterbacks to make a big difference. Now, that's a great start. When you can pressure with the front four, and I'm talking about a 4-3 defense here, Raider fans, that's exactly what we're going to use this season. We don't have the 3-4 mentality, nor do we have the 3-4 players. Um, the 4-3 is a consistent winner for us. The 3-4 has come around since, you know, it's kind of been in vogue. It came out, and now everybody started to switch to it, and they had to change their personnel, the roster. They had to change the size of their players. Well, I'm telling you now, the bigger, faster, stronger players in football will dominate. I don't care what about the 3-4. If we have bigger, stronger, faster defensive men, we are going to dominate on the defensive end of the ball. Now, Rob Ryan, now's your time to shine. This New England game is the test of your defense. It's not only the test of your defense, it's the test of your defensive schemes and the changes you made this season. Because if you use any of them shitty defenses that you used last year, I think you should be hung up by your toenails. Um, they were flawed from the beginning to end. Players had nowhere to go. They didn't know where they were going. I don't need to go any further, Raider fans. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So, Rob Ryan, this is your job. I hope it's not on the line. Because in defense... We need to rush Tom Brady. We need to pressure him, not like giving him all the time in the world like he's had the last year. We need to put the hurt on him and then help good old Charles to get on in there and get some interceptions and take the wind out of this guy's sails, the golden boy. Because as far as I'm concerned, uh, the golden boy 
needs to be taken down a, a couple notches. Don't you think so? I'm sure you do, Raider fan. Because I will never, and anybody that's a Raider fan better never forget that shitty tuck rule in the snow because I tell you now for sure with no equivocation that we could have won the Super Bowl that year and had four under our belt if it wasn't for that shitty play. We lost that game by one field goal. We could have won that game if we'd have got that interception or that fumble. And it pisses me off every time we play these guys. That always comes to my mind. And it better come to your mind, Raider fan. I hate the New England Patriots. Don't you hate the New England Patriots? I have such a hatred for them, I can't even believe it. I remember we used to hate the Steelers. I'm sure we still do hate the Steelers. I remember we used to hate other teams. I don't think there's more hatred personally for me than for the New England Patriots. I cannot stand those cocky guys. I cannot stand those guys. Now, of course, in our own division, I have to say the Broncos are my least favorite team. And then it goes down to San Diego being my probably, even though they're going to be the toughest ones to beat this year, San Diego, and I'm not too worried about San Diego. we got such an edge on them. But this year we're not going to have much of an edge. We're going to have to fight that game. Okay. Here we go. In the past two seasons, no NFL team have beat the Pats at home in the playoffs. The past two seasons, no NFL team has beat the Patriots in the playoffs. So that means these people are going to Foxborough or sitting in their chairs going, Oh, I think I need another latte. Oh, I just, I, I hope when they win, we don't have too much traffic. You know, I'm sure this is the mentality of those people in Foxborough. D Jake Grove, as the center, does not care, and he thinks it's a great test and a great opportunity for the Oakland Raiders to shine. Okay? Now, Al Davis and Norv Turner thought that this was the schedule here. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Al, Al Davis and Norv Turner thought the schedule was kind of a revenge thing for Al working the NFL over for so many years. And he's gotten over on them countless times. And I'm glad. You know, you need to have someone like Al in there shaking it up, those corporate geeks. You know, Al's one of the still one of the only owners that attends every game one of the only owners that watches every training film and every camp he's also a very integral part of the team selection and draft you know i love the guy you gotta love al he's quirky but you gotta love him because he loves his football team and he loves this dynasty and he's built it in 43 years so at first, you know, of course they think it's revenge. Norm Turner and him, I did too. Look at the schedule. You have the first, you have New England Patriots, first game of the season, defending Super Bowl champions. Then you come back and an in-division game with the Kansas City Chiefs, which I think we should beat without any doubt, but it's not going to be an easy game, but it will be at home. And then off we go again to the other 
NFC Championship game and the NFC Champion holder last season, the Eagles. Bing, bang, boom. Talk about a test of your team. I know the Raiders are ready to play. Okay, it's payback. Payback, it's our turn. Showing, Al showing the rest of the NFL that the Raiders are ready to compete this year is a big deal to Mr. Davis. And I'm sure that the team is up to the challenge. Okay, and I'm sure that the team realizes that Mr. Davis, and I'm sure he's talked to him, has told them that this is our team, this is our Guido, we do not take what they give us, we take what we want, we do not take what they allow, we take what we can, we go out and get it, dig it, kill it, burn it, whatever we got to do to win that ball game, we're going to do it because we're the Oakland Raiders. We're separate from the rest of the NFL. And he's loved that, and I've loved that as a fan since the very conception. Now, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson's happy. You bet your ass he's happy. He's making 619823 bucks per game. That was because he's a franchise player. He's tried to get out of Oakland twice. These last two bad seasons, he's tried to get a trade out. He's looking to try to make a move because he, did, he didn't want to stay with a team that wasn't going to have anything happen. But guess what? Charles ended up in the best suite seat in the house. Charles not only got a $10 million contract, but he's now got a rebuild, rebuild defense, which he's not going to tout on because he's a smart guy. There's some questions and answers that uh, Charles Woodson was asked in an interview. Um, he had, they, were, they were asking him about how do you think the, the, D, the D will be this season. And he, he says, uh, you're going to know on Thursday. You know, this is a, some reporter trying to catch him, of course. How do you think the defense is going to be, Charles, um, against uh, the NFL? And Charles says, hey, we'll know on Thursday because that's going to be the, the game we're going to know. If our defense makes it happen, well, then you go. There you go. If it doesn't make it happen, well, there you go. You're going to see it. Well, no Thursday is what he said. He discounts the preseason just like I discount the preseason. It's premature to look at the defense now and say we're going to be good or bad or indifferent. Okay? He says when you play all four quarters and you play all four quarters of football with your first team defense, and you do a good job, then you know you've done a good job. Well, that's exactly my feeling, because we haven't seen any part of the defense, really, in this season. Um, and that's what he says. The, big, big, the biggest challenge for the defense is pass rush or coverage. What's the biggest challenge was the question. Is it the pass rush? Because we all thought about the pass rush last year. Uh, it, was, it was weak. It was weak because of, of the schemes. It was totally weak because of this 3-4 garbage. Um, and then the coverage was terrible because there was no pass rush. And I will go on that record any day of the week and say, if you do not have a pass rush, your secondary could be beautiful, and they're going to get blown out every single time. If you have no pressure on the quarterback, there's no reason for the quarterback not to take his time and find a target. That's any team. I don't care what you, whose team you're on. 
And Charles Woodson, in his wisdom, and I have to agree with him 100%, working at a team, working as a team all together, everybody doing their job, that's how we'll get it done. Boy, is that brilliant? I think it's brilliant because that's how a football team is supposed to be. You know, we can critique every part of the team, the defensive line, the defensive backfield, the safeties, um, linebackers, etc. If you have the mechanics of the team working together and everybody holds their end of the field, that is when you succeed in a defensive plan. That is when you succeed and make things happen. Turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, because everyone is in position to make the play. This is what I think is going to happen to Oakland. We have the right attitude for it, and we have the players, ladies and gentlemen. We have the players. The last question was, did Moss make a difference in camp? And hell yes was the, was the answer. How could it not make a difference when you have someone so fast and so athletic stretching the field on your defense it gave everyone a challenge, including the defensive line, that had to try to make that pressure so that the quarterback couldn't get the ball out there. Now, when you have someone like that, of that caliber, it raises everybody up to a different level. And I will tell you that for sure that is happening with the Oakland Raiders. And in closing, Raider fans, I know that uh, this has been kind of a long, drawn-out podcast i hope it's been interesting for you because it's been interesting for me to look at all these patriot sites and listen it's just half of what they're saying i can't even tell you it's so insulting how they're taking this game uh they're playing it off uh, of course the, the team is playing it off as oh we have to be careful because of this and that and we have to watch randy moss they're playing that end off because they don't want to get us riled up but i tell you that the newspapers in in boston are just ready for the victory. They're ready for the victory lap. They're counting this as a stepping stone to their next Super Bowl. And I tell you, Raider fans, if you know a Raider player, or if you were a Raider player out there, brother, listen to me. They are putting you downtown. They they don't think that the Raiders are going to play. They think the Raiders are going to come in and uh, they'll have a little game, but they'll they'll be they'll win. That's exactly the attitude of the Bostonian right now. And I want to say a word out to the Grizz, the 66th mob, the mob pimp, um, Senor Raider, all my brothers and sisters who are taking the plane out to, to uh, New England. You put your hand up for the, old, the Raider Nation podcast now. I'll be right there with you because I'm watching that game. I'll be sitting right next to you, man. I wish I could be. And you represent, man. You always have all you guys and the 66 mob and everybody who's coming. The com confluence of all the Raider fans across that area that are going to try to make that game. You make the noise, man. You make it for the rest of us here in California because we're going to be screaming right along with you. You got to let those boys hear you on the field. We want to see your. We're going to see your faces on TV because nowhere else in the NFL do more Raider, more fans come to opposing team games than the Oakland Raiders. There's always a Raider in the crowd. There's always a Raider making a statement and representing their team. 
and I'm so proud of all those who made the trip. I just, I'm almost ready to cry. I'm so proud. I wish I could have gone. My back is still jacked. I'm still on a lot of medicine. I'm sure it shows in my podcast, but you know what? Whatever. I'm going to podcast until I can't podcast anymore. Once again, I want to thank the fans. I want to thank all you guys for making me number one in sports on Podcast Alley. It helps me a great deal to know that above all the teams in the NFL, the Oakland Raider fans care more about their team and more about what's happening than any other team. And it shows right there, Raider fans. Please visit my site, the RaiderNationPodcast.com. Um, like I said, the site is awesome. It's constantly changing. I intend to make it to the Chiefs game. I'm walking right now, trying to walk blocks at a time. Uh, I have a seat already. I hope to see a lot of fans out there. I'm going to try to wear a shirt, say Raider Nation Podcast on it. And if you see it, come on over. I'll give you an interview. We'll put you on the podcast so you too can speak to your friends and Raider fellow Raider fans across the world. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Raider Greg. I had a great time today. I'm feeling much better, obviously. I got some more pep in my step, so I want you all to tune in because we'll be doing a post-game show after the game, and I can hardly wait to shout out the victories. Because, man, I'm telling you, I feel real good about our Oakland Raiders and this game. And I don't care what those Pats fans say. They suck. You guys have a great evening. Good night.